And we are back. I told y'all we was coming back, baby. You thought it was over, and it's only just begun. Yo, what's popping? Bring the music in. Everybody out there, get ready to write your hot 16 as the music comes in right now, son. Welcome, it's your man, Dean Edwards. We in the building. Welcome to another episode of the Father Market Protocol. Uh, make sure, I forgot to say it last week, maybe because it becomes redundant, but uh, make sure you, you, uh, you know, uh, subscribe, follow, like, do all that on iTunes and SoundCloud, um, you know, and check us out on All Things Comedy, our, our network, as it were. Vessie's uh, not here. Once again, as always, Big Mike in the building on the sounds. And I, I told y'all we had a cliffhanger last week, man. Back in the building. For those that don't know, my man, uh, Ted Alejandro, a.k.a. Royal T, a.k.a. One Half of Brotherly Love, Apollo's own repping Queens. <laughs> queens to the fullest, son. Ted, thanks for coming back, man. My pleasure. Thank it, you. And sitting back down, and we are uh, <laughs> we going to get back... back Back into it, man. We uh last week we we sort of covered your history. Yes. Um, as far as you know, transitioning from uh from a jazz musician, um, to part time MC to uh, a teacher, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately uh, uh brilliant stand up in your own right, as well as a writer and producer of your your new. What would you call? Would you call it a sitcom? Web series. Web series. Okay. Yeah. Well, because I remember at one point people were saying bitcom, like because right. it's shorter. Right, right. Um, but web series, um, Teachers Lounge, uh, very funny. Y'all should check it out. It's on. Damn it, uh, Thunder Shorts. Thunder, sh- Thunder Shorts. Thunder Shorts. <laughs> Thunder Shorts. Ho! Thunder Shorts. Com. Thundershorts.com. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody that's listening, go check out Teachers Lounge and and you know give them your feedback. I'm sure you appreciate the feedback. Um, yes, indeed. You know, so you know, comment and subscribe mm-hmm. to it, and, and and follow Ted on all of his check check out his uh his album. I did it on on his website tedalexandro.com, and you can buy the both the uh the video or just the uh the audio. Yep, either one. And um, we now that we got all the plugs out the out the way, we 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 ended last week by talking about the fact that, excuse me, you toured with uh with both Craig Ferguson as well as Jim Gaffigan, mm-hmm. and you you mentioned to me which I didn't realize you you opened for Louis Louis C K. And I've told y'all before, you know someone's a big deal in comedy when we no longer have to refer to you by your full name. Mm-hmm. Like I can just like I can I can say Louis. And no one's saying, uh, Louis Schwartz, um, <laughs> Louis Katz, the funny kid with the glasses. No, you, you say Louis, okay, Louis C.K. You say Rock, you mean Chris Rock. You know, yeah. you say Alejandro and you say Ted. <laughs> so how did, he, he actually saw you? He just, he, he saw uh, Yeah, you, you know, Louis was a guy that like, we knew each other over the years. Right. But, you know, he was kind of. The, the level ahead of me, you know. He was, was a class ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. class ahead of me, yeah. So, uh, you know, we... It wasn't like we were friends or anything like that. Right. But, so he saw me at the cellar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I had mentioned to you off the air, uh, this was at a point in my career where I had parted ways with all of my representation. I cut ties with my manager. I uh, didn't have an agent. Now that's very brave. What, what? That's very brave. But you, at this point, you, you've now been doing, you're earning a living when you, when you yeah. cut them all off, you've been earning a living at stand up for a while. So yeah. you just, what, what made you? Yeah. I'm probably at that point, maybe somewhere 12, 13 years okay. in 14, something about that. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just a, a, at a point where I felt as though, um, all of the opportunities that were coming and they weren't that many, mm-hmm. uh, were like just the same things that everyone else was getting. It Montreal, was, Aspen, yeah, Showcase. Yeah, the same kind of uh, treadmill right. of, you know, just plugging you into the same path that everybody else right. takes. And I was tired of it. And I just felt as though I wasn't, you know, I just needed a change. Okay. So I unplugged from the business in the sense that I was just going to find my own path and also create some space. Okay. Create space so that my life can, so that you're available, right? So, you know, if 
if I know that six months from now I'm going to be at the Funny Bone in Des Moines, mm-hmm. you know, part of me is already dreading that because, you know, it's like, I don't like knowing what my life is going to be so far in advance. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I, I like to create space that, you know, if things come in, mm-hmm. I'm available. Okay. You know? Oh, that's interesting. No, because I, I know there, there, uh, there are other performers, myself included. I'm, I'm 50-50 on that because I do like having things on the books. Mm-hmm. But I also I also have a family. It's a, and, yeah. It's so a, and so it's, I'm like here. I gotta I gotta make sure that I have things on the books. For sure. But for yourself, you prefer having it having a little more freedom. Yes. So you're not locked in. Is there any particular reason why? Is that a uh, 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 mental and spiritual state of being, or are you? Just, um, is there a specific reason? That I think you it's prefer? both. I think it's the freedom of allowing, like you were saying earlier, the universe to kind of guide you. Like mm-hmm. there's an element of trust, like to just, uh, to be guided in the uh, directions that you want to be going. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if I'm locked into something already, then just by virtue of that, I'm not available. Okay. You know? that's, that's a, um, that's so like mentally and spiritually, all those things, I'm more available to the possibilities and that was part of the reason of, you know, looking back, I don't, I don't think it was that um, intentional at the time, but getting, you know, clearing out representation mm-hmm. made that space for me to make my own decisions okay. and for me to take accountability and to see where things go. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, one of the things that happened was that Louis C.K. saw me at the cellar one night. Mm-hmm. I was just doing a set, you right. know, like we do. Like you go, do. you do a set. And then you're on your way home. But this night he saw me and stopped me and he said, hey, man, what are you doing next Monday or whatever? He's like, uh, you want to open up for me mm-hmm. at this place? And I was like, I would love to, you know? So then... And this, is, this, uh, is this prior to him becoming Louis? Yeah. Or, or is, yeah. Is, has he, is, this, is he already on the ascension of... He doesn't uh, have his show. He might have. Okay. I think he had Lucky Louie on okay, HBO. Okay, the first HBO one. Okay, at that point. Okay, but yeah, he he did not have. Uh, he he wasn't the Louie that we. He know. wasn't Louis. He was he was he wasn't he was one Louis name. C.K. Louis. He yeah. was Louis C.K. Right, right. He right. was uh, this guy that uh, he he did that pootie tang thing with That's Chris right. Rock. And That's he, right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well respected. Right. One of the right. one of the best in the game, but just not you know not one name Louis. Right. So is 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 he doing at this point? Are you guys doing a club or a theater? Theater. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yep. So, because I always feel like uh as a comic, if you have your core audience and you can fill a theater in, you you're good because yeah. you're making a decent uh paycheck if if, you know, 2 3,000 people um in a city will come out to see. You. I I remember sitting at the table where we're at the cellar and I think it's it's me uh Rock, um, uh, Dimitri, um, same thing. Like I can say Dimitri and most comedy fans, oh, Dimitri Martin. But for those that don't know Dimitri Martin, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think Will Sylvinson, we were, we were, we were just talking and Rock was saying how he, um, he, his next special, the next special he wants to do, he, he wants to do in a, in a small club, in a club. And which makes sense because it's like, well, you know what? I I've I proved everything else. I've I've done right theaters. I've done halls, and I've done he did that multi, arenas. Multi he did city. his last his right. kill the messenger. He did he did multiple stadium shows, and then spliced them all together. And so I said, well, that makes sense. But then he uh, he also said to Dimitri, he's like, um, Dimitri, I think was saying, yeah, he's going on the road, and Rock was like. Um, like, hey, hey Deb. My wife just walked in. Uh, so Dimitri, he says, "Yeah, how many? Uh, how, what what size theater are you doing?" And Dimitri's like, oh, "About twenty, uh, twenty two hundred, twenty two, twenty five hundred. And he's like, "No, nah, that's good." He was like, "If if you can find that amount of people, yeah, across the country in in all these different markets, if you take just ten major metropolitan areas and then add in another." Seven or eight. I don't like saying B cities because the people that live in those cities um, <laughs> get insulted. Right. But you have not New major York, market. Right. You have New York, 
And then you have Syracuse, right? Mm. It's not a, it's not as large a metropolitan area, but they still have big arenas, you mm. know, that they can fill. So if you, if you, if you do these markets that that you can do, you know, twenty of those a year and sell out a couple of shows at two, three thousand seaters. Honestly, that's to me that's freedom. Sure, because everything because you're earning your living, and then everything else after that, you're like, all right, well, I'm earning a living. I'm not living beyond lavishly, but I live a comfortable life. Yeah, and now I can. I think honestly, that's what helped Louis become Louis C.K. become Louis mm. because he found his his core audience of mm -hmm. people that. Um, how he spoke uh, last week about uh, Patrice uh, doing, say, the Apollo, and for for a couple of years, Patrice would would do shows, and people were he would walk rooms, and and I think part of him actually liked the fact that right. he he could he could go on the road and have these clubs book him, knowing he's walking rooms. But I think there's a point where you say, you know, let me figure this, let me figure out this 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 uh conundrum and figure this puzzle out and find a way to still say things that might offend people but say them in a way maybe I'm just I smile a little bit more so people know I might mean this but it's tongue in cheek so don't get so angry about it where you're now sitting tight yeah you know you don't have to make it a battle right it's not a fight you're coming to a comedy show and so I think that's where um, like Patrice, he's because he, he didn't like to fly, but he liked he he had his 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 core cities. He loved D.C. He, he'd do helium a bunch of times and all up and down the Northeast. Mm -hmm. Harris would drive, you know, mm -hmm. um, his his car, <laughs> and and I, to me, I think that's 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 honestly for what we do, that's freedom, right? You know, because the flip side to uh to Doing the the uh, the arenas is are all those people going to stay with you? Mm -hmm. You know, I remember uh, Prince said back in this might have been around the latter part of uh, of the Purple Rain tour. So this has to be what like eighty four, eighty five, and he said he remembered looking out into the audience and saying. Yeah, he said it's too bad because I know all these people aren't going to stay for the ride, <laughs> right? You know, right. but that's real. And yeah. at least he, at least he could, at least he had the foresight, and he wasn't so full of full of himself to say, you know, yeah, I'm, I, I'm Prince. I'm always going to sell out twenty thousand seaters, yeah, three nights in a row. Well, maybe you won't, but if you can find a place where you're happy with that. Like Patty LaBelle said that. I'm, I'll, I'll let you get back. I'm rambling too much. This is about you. But Patty LaBelle said, Ew. and she didn't say Janet Jackson, but I feel like she was referring to Janet and even Britney Spears and all the the, the uh, pop starlets that were selling out. You know, I always use the garden because we're in New York, but say the Barclays or wherever. Um, you're selling out a twenty thousand seat arena, and Patty said, "You know what? I've never, I've never been a person that headlines those shows. I will do, you know, these big, the Essence Music Festival where twenty thousand people converge in New Orleans, and then I do uh, a set. But I've always been happy. This is Patty speaking. I've always been happy doing my two or three thousand seaters because I know." I can always go to that city and two to 3,000 people do live there that will come to see me. Mm -hmm. When you have an audience of 20,000 coming out, there are going to be a couple of thousand people that just are caught up in the hype and don't even right. know you. Right. You know, so they're just going to ride out and let me see what this is all about. And yeah. it's so they're really going for the experience as opposed to being a, a fan of yours, right. you know. Right. Um, so that's, I, I just think that's... Uh, Something that should have been said with regards to Louis, because once again, as I said with Gaffigan, he sees you kill at the uh, at the comedy cellar. And he says, "You know what? This dude is funny. This dude, it's 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 just funny. It's not it's not a light show. It's not a spectacle. It's just people come to a comedy show to be entertained and laugh. I want somebody that goes on before me that makes me work hard. Makes me." step my game up 
and who also I enjoyed watching. I think other people should should watch them too. So yeah. so go ahead, yeah. continue. <laughs> no, you're right, and it's it's generous on their on yeah. their part to uh, to to bring me along, and uh, and it's beneficial for me to uh, see that next level. You know, okay, because. That's not where I'm at, you know. I'm how's it been? Give, give me some ideas for, for the listeners. How, how's that beneficial? Uh, and where did you play? I mean, we were playing big theaters, like, you know, uh, as many as five or 6,000. Nice, okay. Uh, typically, probably more like two or 3,000. Okay, okay. Um, you know, so I'm going up and doing 15, 20 minutes in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but the way that it's beneficial is that I'm seeing what it's like for, for Louis or for um, Jim Gaffigan or Craig Ferguson to navigate that level of success and fame, mm -hmm. the things that they do before and after, the way that they engage with promoters. Or, mm, interesting. Uh, I remember Louis even telling me a story where the his manager came to him with a list of demands of the promoter saying, we would like the following things. We'd like to have, uh, the radio station wants to have a table in the lobby mm -hmm. with their swag, mm -hmm. uh, you know, giving away beer cozies right, and keychains and whatnot. Right, frisbees. <laughs> yes. Secondly, they want to have a banner on the stage, WXLB, mm, whatever. And uh, thirdly, they want to have their morning DJ introduce ugh, you. Ugh. So, <laughs> and hold on, and they're telling, and Louis is getting this from his manager. Yeah. To, yeah, to introduce, to go on before anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, on yeah. stage. For, for for those that don't know, it's, it's uh, if you've ever been to, uh, like, the, the, the what, what, what is, a, like, Clear Channel yeah. produces these, like, the, the jingle ball, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. like, this holiday music concert, and then uh, Hot 97 in New York City has, like, Summer Jam. Yeah. And power, what Clear Channel for all of their power uh, uh, stations across the country. They'll have Powerhouse, which is the big their big concert where they'll bring in all all the hot performers, all hot rappers and, and R and B singers. And then they, because it's honestly, it's just a big advertisement for their brand, which y'all know I hate that term. But in this case, these are brands where uh, where the, the the word makes sense. They're, they're there to promote Clear Channel. They're there to promote their radio stations, their radio station uh, the call artists, letters. The artists that they play. And the artists that they play. It's all incestuous because it all feeds the same machine. Yes. However... I don't see this going down well with Louis Louis C.K. Well, here's what's interesting. <laughs> so th the manager says to Louis, which of which of these things do you want to say yes to? Mm -hmm. Louis <laughs> says, can we say no to all three? Right. And <laughs> now, mind you, this is still at a point where he's not one named Louis. He's, he's, he's Louis so C.K. So there is a benefit to having the biggest radio station in the area... Right. Promoting your show. Right. And being in bed with them and that, you know, just kind of quid pro quo. They, they right. take care of you. Right. Um, but Louis says, I think I can sell tickets without them. Mm -hmm. And I don't want, he, you know, like you, like you said about. It's very pure. It's what very... you said about brand, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, people are coming to see me. My mm -hmm. name is on the ticket. I don't want the first thing they see is some hokey radio station. WKKLM. Yeah, giving out beer cozy. Presents Louis C.K. at the... Yeah. Right. And, th and then their banner behind me, the whole show. Right. And then a, a guy, some some guy who's not a comedian, some guy who's starting not off the show. Hey, guys. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys heard me this morning on the morning zoo? Yep. Who's yep. ready for a show? Let me throw out some T-shirts, you know? Who yeah. wants a T-shirt? Yeah. So Louis says no to all three. The radio station gets incensed that he turns them down and talks shit about him on the air. Wow. And says, like, Louis, you know, Louis winds up calling into the station uh -huh. and uh, and it becomes, like, a, an even bigger thing. Like, Louis seems really great at these types but of things. But that's actually brilliant. And he sells out the show. He sells out the shows. That's brilliant. He sells out the shows. Because he's like, you know what? I, I, I'm going to play them at their own game. Yes. And... I'm going to call them. He called to put me on. Yep. And now it's free. It's I didn't, free advertising. I didn't have to 
trudge down at 7 a.m. That's right. And it fabricates like kind of controversy, yeah. but still it's interesting. Right. That's uh, funny. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an example of what I learned right, right. from Louis in terms of uh, you set the parameters for what you're comfortable yeah. doing or right. not. And you take risks, you right. know, because there's a risk in saying no to those things. Yeah. But in fact, again, now again, this is another thing like we're taking the road less traveled, right? Mm. Saying no to all those things, mm -hmm. in fact, wound up being the better choice for him. Right. Because then he did get on the radio anyway. Right. And it wasn't just uh, being on the radio in the typical jokey <laughs> way. So, you, so, uh, um, so you're married. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. You know, tell us about that. Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he did it on his terms. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's one kind of example, but but you can kind of extrapolate that out. Just being around him, his business savvy, mm -hmm. and the way that he kind of conducts himself. Uh, and I ha I had the good fortune of being around him at the time that he was making the deal to do the show, Louis. Dig it, okay. You know, so he had. Um, and, and this is another really fascinating thing that I found about being around Louis. Uh, this was at a point in his life. Lucky Louie, the HBO show, right. had just been canceled right. after one year. Right. His marriage had just ended. Right. His right. divorce. Right. So I'm, I'm thinking, like, here I am with this guy who, you know, some people would view this at kind of, like, his like lowest rock point. Bottom. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he even before uh, filling in the, uh, the people that aren't aware of his story, he, he went to do the HBO show because originally he had a deal with CBS, I think. I think so. And they wanted him to make this hokey sitcom that he didn't feel comfortable wasn't wasn't him wasn't in his voice. I think in the newest in his current show they actually spoofed that, that one uh, that uh, situation. Right. And so then he went to do the HBO show. Now I'm I remember watching the HBO show because I knew Louis from the clubs. Like you said, he was he was uh, he graduated with a different class than the guys sort of coming up when we did. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I remember he used a lot of guys that were were on the same circuit as us. He, he you saw Voss and Norton mm -hmm. and, and uh, I think DePaulo and um, yeah, uh, mustache uh, Rich, uh, Rick Shapiro. Rick Shapiro. Yes. Yes. Uh, as I, I, had to, I had to get in his head in order to get it. That's funny. Much love, I love Rick, man. Yes. And uh, and I I remember, and I don't think I'm I'm. This is this is the difference between uh, having an opinion versus bashing. I wasn't a fan of the show. I was a fan that Louis and the guys were working. Yeah, yeah. But I remember watching the show, knowing how funny they all were. Right. I was like. This, this isn't doing it for me. Yes. I love his new show. Yes. I love his new show to where I tell people, I was like, my wife and I will will sit and run through them, man, because I just think it's, 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 I, I was about to say it's brave, it's funny, because, and you you hear those words thrown around and they sound so cliched in Entertainment Weekly or Hollywood Report. Uh, Louis carved out a niche and, and it's, it's a new form of comedy because it's brave and he takes chances. But, Honestly, especially hearing that story that you just told about him, it's he he's very much about doing things on his terms. Yes. And even with 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 his show, he has a he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't get rich doing the show from what I understand, mm -hmm. but um they give him enough so that he can pay all anyone involved with it including himself, but he has more creative freedom. Yeah, yeah, and that that was the decision that I was able to to be a fly on the wall for. Yeah, wow! I remember that we were at a barbecue place in Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. for lunch one day, and he said to me, you know, he just got off the phone with the FX guy. Okay, I forget his name, but he said, uh, he said, I have two offers. Mm -hmm. I forget where the other one was. Maybe it was Showtime or whatever it was. But then he had the FX offer, mm -hmm. where the guy said. Here's the offer. I give you a quarter of a million dollars mm -hmm. and you deliver the show, mm -hmm. you know, 10 episodes. Mm -hmm. Sight unseen. You don't have to show me scripts. You don't have to, you know, you deliver the show that you want to make. Mm -hmm. Here's a quarter of a million dollars. So I remember Louie telling me that and he's like, you know, I think I'm going to go with them because, mm -hmm. you know, I can kind of just do what I want to do and, and right. direct it and edit it. Is, it. Yeah. yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah, man. So... 
Well, well, Mike, Mike, for those that can't hear, Mike, Mike is saying that's that's rare and unheard it of. Is. It is, but but also, I mean, what I was speaking to earlier, like those kinds of things don't happen in a vacuum. The show Louis didn't just have, and right. and I always tell comics this when they say to me about like certain comics taking risks on mm -hmm. stage, whether mm -hmm. it's Chappelle or Louis. They say, well, of course he can do that. He's Louis. Of course he can do that. He's but Chappelle. he did that when he when it wasn't. That's exactly when he wasn't right. Louis, when that, he wasn't Chappelle. When he was when when he was David Chappelle. That's exactly right. So all of those decisions that you make along the way mm -hmm. lead up to that. So yeah. so Louis saying no to that radio station. You know, you're working a muscle. You're working right. a muscle that says no. I right. do things the way I want to do mm -hmm. them. So that's a muscle. <laughs> That you, that you work over time yeah. that then results in a show like Louie. That right. doesn't just spring out of nowhere. That right. happened because he made decisions a certain way over a long period right. of time right. and, and worked hard. So. Right, of course, of course. So th those are like really beneficial lessons that I think you can draw a direct line to mm -hmm. Teacher's Lounge for, for me yeah. because I, I learned from being around a guy who gets things done and does things the way the that way he wants, he to, wants do to do them. To do them. Yeah. Which, well, yeah, no, that's, that's, and I was going to say because, uh, well, looking at, say, uh, Louis' persona or what people see when they see Louis versus what people see when they see a Gaffigan. Yeah. And so that's, <laughs> this, they, they both stand as a stark contrast yeah. to each other, but both pretty much along similar paths because I know Jim, uh, they're reworking his his sitcom. I think it just got picked up by TV Land. Okay, good, good, yeah. good, good. And uh, and yeah, so and Jim's on stage persona. It's funny because very uh, different, but a lot of similarities un underneath. They're both dads, right? You know, trudging, tr just hoping to figure out how to raise their family the I think best. They're the way same age, similar age. Yeah, yeah you know, so. Um, uh, yeah, that all well, didn't lead to, but that is a good segue point. Teacher's Lounge, your new show. Um, funny. Um, episodes run anywhere between, what, five and ten minutes? Yeah, I think the shortest one might be about four. Okay. Yeah, four, four, and, uh, four and eight, let's say. And how did, how did you... Uh, well, we didn't, we didn't discuss the fact that you were a teacher. Yes. You know? Um, now, are you the only out of comics? Because I know there are a lot of comics that used to be uh, lawyers. Right. Do you know of any other? No, I, I just think that's all. There are a lot, a lot of comics that were lawyers. You have uh, Geraldo, Dino Bidala. Dan Natterman. Natterman. Uh, Natterman. Also, as a side note, um, uh, Dan Natterman was uh, jerked on... Um, on, uh, America's Got America's Talent. Got talent. Um, he handled himself very well. And uh, what pissed me off about that, because that is one show I can watch with the family. Yeah. And so we watch. And last year, uh, Taylor Williamson made it to the final two. Um, Taylor, who's younger, Taylor, what Taylor did that was uh, brilliant was he, because, because of his look, and he has a very, hey, guys, kind of awkward thing. Um, he made America love him even while uh, Heidi Klum, she just, you know what, the perception from her watching stand-ups on the show is almost like you, if, if someone told them the story of her life in movie form, you would see somewhere along when she was age 11, uh, she walked in on her 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 mother cheating with some cheating on her father with a stand-up comedian like she <laughs> like has disdain that word is for joseph vesey she seems to have disdain for comedians for, com for comics for comedians and so taylor was when when he was on uh last season he maneuvered it brilliantly to where people turned on her mm. and i was like this dude is intelligent he because uh cotter was on i think two years ago two or three years ago and tom cotter was funny but i think watching cotter in comparison to taylor williamson cotter was very you know he's i mean he's 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 an older comic and so he's very humble he knows not to be too arrogant and at this point we all anyone that does a reality to me they're just a contest but people call them reality competitions anyone that does a reality competition knows 
has an understanding of how to play the cameras yeah. and play to the cameras and pray to the, the people at home. And so Kata just played the very humble, I'm a family man, thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, she would say, she she still says, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I, I, it's, you, this is not something I could bring my children to see. It's not very fun. I'm like, yeah, but you had you had no problem two acts ago when when uh, an entire male review came out <laughs> and ripped their shirts off. You know, there's a lot of uh, double, standard. uh, double standards uh, going back and forth. Um, and so Natterman, uh, the final episode he performed on, uh, he did something where he referred to German accents, but it was funny. You know, we, we know Dan Natterman. There's nothing mean about anything he does on stage. Uh, let alone off stage, and she says, "Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about this. I think that was very insulting to uh, to foreigners." And eventually, he came back around. He was like, "I, I didn't, I didn't think I, I didn't say anything um, insul insulting." Is it? And I guess why I'm bringing it up now is because I a forgot to bring it up uh, when it happened on the podcast, uh, but b because it's it's one thing to say, you know what. I don't, it's, it's not for me. It's another to, uh, to attack someone's, um, not only someone's art, but also someone's character. And mm. for, for her to say that, uh, it was insulting is saying you were, you were insulting to my country. And I, and he didn't do that. And then she backpedals. She said, well, no, I didn't say that. I was like, well, yeah, you did. And and, yeah. I, and I remember, I think I posted on Facebook. I said, keep your head up, Dan. Yeah. Uh, you didn't, and I said you you didn't insult her. He was like, "Thanks, Dean, brother, I appreciate that." Because mm -hmm. you know, it, it, I I just you know I feel for for uh, for comics on that show anyway. Sure, you know, but specifically when someone is critiquing the person and not the art. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. There's to me that's the problem that I have with shows like that is that uh, they're less really judge than they are someone who's seeking to you know she, she's playing in an angle too she's yeah. good she's going to be the mean yeah. judge she's going to yeah. be she's looking to you know yeah to be the story right which is why i like uh i i appreciate having mandel and even stern on the show because they do they they play it in a way because it's all about how you say and what you say and so uh how he is always saying things like you know what that's that's funny writing he says all the things to let people know listen you may not have he's playing a character on stage and, mm -hmm. and it may or may not speak to the audience but you're funny and so i appreciate him taking the moment the to at least acknowledge listen we all know this is horse crap and they they have to put on a tv show right and the the most talented may or may not win don't let this stop because um What's her name? Uh, Rita, not Rita. I was gonna say Rita Rudner. Um, Wendy Liebman. Wendy Liebman, yeah. Who, who she's great. Is brilliant. Yeah. I think is brilliant. And the show yeah. didn't. The show didn't capture her funny the way, how funny I think she is uh -huh. versus how it, it uh, presents her or any any comic on the show. Yeah. You know, even with Taylor, Taylor was funny on stage, but Taylor to me won um, votes. His interactions, his yeah, yeah, and and that's that's just like you said in the last episode, paneling on Ferguson or paneling on any show. That's a whole different muscle mm -hmm. versus you uh, doing stand up. Sure. So back to my original. Do you know any other comics that were teachers? Yeah, uh, Todd Barry, who actually plays the librarian. Oh, was he? Yeah, I did. I did not know that. Todd yeah. Barry was a teacher. That's funny. <laughs> I can't. I can't see it, but now I can see it. You yeah. know. I think he was a substitute teacher and for... And that makes even more sense. <laughs> he looks like a substitute. <laughs> Todd Barry, a lot of you, um, those who don't know Todd Barry, you've seen him on uh, on Louie. Not Louis C.K. Right. show, but Louis. Uh, funny dude. He's <laughs> a funny guy. Yeah. Um, who else? Gosh. Debbie Shea. She's in the New York scene. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know... But I, I, there are, I've run into many over the years. Right, right, right. You know, because I think, it, again, it's, for me, like starting out teaching, uh, I taught elementary school music K through five oh, okay. in the New York City public schools. So, so the training did pay off. It did. <laughs> and, and also, I think being in front of people paid off because mm -hmm. I was doing the, um, 
open mic scene at night. Okay. And then I was in front of like, because I was the music teacher, they would, you know, the way arts programs are cut all the time. Right. I was in front of like two or three classes at once oh, because, wow, wow. you know, it was, uh, New York City, they were yeah. packing, packing them in. Yeah. yeah. So I would have like, you know, 90 to 100 kids wow. at a time. Wow. So without knowing it, I was, you know, it was public speaking and it was, you know, performing in a sense. And being able to keep their attention for however 100%. long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because you have to, you know. Yeah, that's a challenge. Especially that it was middle kids. school? No, it was K through five. Oh, K through five. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, geez. So the attention spans are non-existent. Nine. Yeah. Can you imagine 90 kids uh, K through five? Yeah. It was crazy. So, yeah, I think, you know, it, it, it helped me in terms of maintaining um, people's attention mm -hmm. and kind of knowing how to communicate to large groups. Uh, so, all yeah, all you know, it's funny the way the pieces of the puzzle mm -hmm. all, all mm -hmm. work together. And now, like you said, years later, um, I mean, I had this idea for Teacher's Lounge for a long time. Okay. Uh, partially because uh, just the Teacher's Lounge is always like this mysterious location. Like right. what, what goes on in there. Right, yeah. As, as a, I remember as a student, you just saw the door. Yes, yes. You, 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 you would, you would, you and might. And smelled smoke, right? You would, you would say, yeah, back then they, you would smoke. smell smoke. You, would, you might see, like if, if a teacher walked in or out, you might smell pastrami. Yes. You yes. know, and, and see smoke, uh, you know, wafting out. out. Yes, yes. And every so often, like if you're, because sometimes I remember, it seems like there was a main office right. where the principal and the administrative team was, and maybe the teachers' lounge was part of that office. And so, if you if you have you know, don't tell me why I was uh, in the office. Probably might have had to go see Mr. Albano, the principal. Uh, <laughs> and then you you're waiting for the to go see the principal, but then you see like teacher walk out, and a teacher that normally looks just mean and. And suddenly they come come out smiling, but then you catch them smiling, so they suddenly yes, and, yes, and become serious again. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That's that that was a uh, yeah. So it was it was a mysterious. <laughs> that's funny. It was a mysterious uh, location. Or sometimes, like as a kid, you would have to deliver a note to the teacher's lounge, oh, and, oh. and you see that, like you said, you see their like with their game face yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So like they're kind of interacting and they're smiling, they're right. joking, right? You know, oh, no, what do you got to bring and bring it, bring here? Yeah. You ever been in here? <laughs> You know, <laughs> she has a fatty, doesn't she? No. <laughs> never, never knew Miss Horowitz looked like that, huh? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So, I mean, it was a combination of knowing that that's a good place to start from the teacher's okay. lounge. And Especially because it's something you know. Yeah, having, having been a teacher, that was another part. And then, you know, Hollis and I, uh, when we went to Queens College together and did sketch comedy together, and then once we graduated... Uh, started performing as a duo mm -hmm. at, around open mics. Um, so we had years of performance experience right, right. together. Uh, so, But then years later, we had this idea, you know, just like Kyle and I would would kind of get riff. together and write and riff and have projects. And um, we had this idea for Teacher's Lounge. So the basic idea is I, I play the music teacher, Hollis plays the janitor. Mm -hmm. And then every episode, a different comedian comes in playing a faculty member. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was the, the basic idea, just rooting it in that space. And then obviously, you know, it's a comedy and the comedians would just be themselves. Right. Uh, so it's not like, you know, it's just a way to get them in the room mm -hmm. and, and, you know, like Todd, Todd Barry being the librarian, right. Jim Gaffigan being the nutritionist. Right. Uh, we do play on aspects of kind of their personalities. Right, right, right. Um, but we I all, just saw, when I saw nutritionist and I thought hot pockets, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Hot yeah. Pockets. Right, right. So, um, and then, you know, we scripted, Hollis and I scripted, but we also uh, allow room for improvisation. Okay, okay. Because we figure, like, you know, uh, when we have comedians as great as all these folks are, mm -hmm. and we wrote one for you, which, you know, which you know as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because we, we wrote one for you the first. Uh, when we recorded the first four, mm -hmm. um, but you were out of town oh. the week that we were recording Shooting those. It. Okay. Um, so we have yours. Yeah, it'll, you know. it'll come back around. Yeah, yeah. You know. For sure. Uh, but like what we do is we try to direct it to the specific person. Right, right, right. Um, so, and and it would be foolish for us to in, invite people of this caliber mm -hmm. and not have them 
do what they do. Do what they do, right. exactly. So like, you know, David Tell is the school photographer mm -hmm. uh, and we just had him, <laughs> we just had him riff. We, we brought in about 15 comedians to sit opposite him mm -hmm. and he was like doing a photo shoot right. and one after another, just basically dressing them down like, uh -huh. you know, Don Rickles style, right. but the way only a tell could. Right. Uh, one after another, get them, you know, this one out, <laughs> next one, bring them in. That's funny. And, Is uh, that episode up already? That one's up. Oh, I got to check that. Oh, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's so, yeah. And, and, you know, and so many people said to, to Hollis and I, you guys captured a tell uh, and, and his essence, right. you know, in a way that like, you don't know when, and which is hard you see in a stand up, yeah. but you know, yeah, to, we were, that was our goal. And right. that's our goal with all of them right. is to capture, cause we're such comedy fans too. You right. know, the, the people that we love, these comedians that we've been watching for 20 years. Right. Uh, how do we translate that into uh, something a little different? Right. And, and I think the improvisation is, is a big element mm -hmm. in that, especially with somebody like Dave. Right. Who, like, it was funny because he almost resisted us at every turn. He's like, Ted, I'm not an actor. I don't want to ruin your series. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't, <laughs> I, you know, it's, I'm not going to do this right. Right. And we're like, Dave, you know, this is, it's, it's improv and right. we'll give you the bullet points. Right. And there's no wrong answer. Yeah. Denying. You're saying That's right. no. You know? just, yeah, just do it, just man. Go with it. Yeah, exactly. And, and of course, he was brilliant. Mm -hmm. He was just so great and wound up riffing for like close to an hour. Right. Uh, we had, so much stuff that, you know, like we had to like just pick and choose, you know? Oh, uh, which is, which I would imagine as, as the creative force behind this show has to be so rewarding because you're like, you're like, just, just make sure that, that we have enough yes. uh, on the, on the, on the file or the yes. table, what have you. So it doesn't run out. That's because it. Just, we don't, you don't want to stop the train. No. From moving, and then you have so much to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so cool to watch the way everybody worked too, you know, everyone from, uh, Rachel Feinstein, mm -hmm. Judy Gold, right. uh, Michael Che, right. uh, Jim Norton, mm -hmm. uh, all these folks. And everybody has their specific right. style and rhythm. So you're, you know, you're kind of watching the way that they improv. And then also pretty much everybody would take like a, a couple takes, two, three takes to kind of find their footing. Right. But then they would like, then they would hit it. Right. It hit the sweet spot. Right. Um, and with a tell, I think because of the fact that we had that many people in the room, mm -hmm. because that was really the only episode that we had that many people. Typically, okay. it's just me, Hollis, right. and the guest. Uh, but we had so many folks that a tell was just riffing off of everybody. Right. And it, right. you know, we had. Uh, did you plan it that way? I'm sorry, but did you plan to? Did you say to yourself, you know, if we have all these different comics in the room, this will help his comfort level? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, I, I think that was a big part of it. Smart. Like, let's give him somebody to work off mm -hmm. of um, because, you know, we knew that he didn't want to memorize lines right. per se and right. kind of be an actor in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, but he's a he's a brilliant actor in that, like, when you have a voice that is that honed yeah, over many years. That's, that's a character. That's a character, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was brilliant to, to see that come together. And it, for us, it was a lesson, too, that... Um, you know, when you set people up to succeed mm -hmm. and you trust them and give them room mm -hmm. within that comfort zone, right? Uh, you can really be surprised, in, right? In, in in really uh, brilliant ways, you know. Um, well, that that yeah. speaks to the uh, you know the the large idea behind that is is having faith in you 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 bring someone in or, or you know a director hires an actor. Um, and there is a there's a level of when you go into any creative endeavor, you have to have a certain level of trust. Yes, you know you have to look at each other. They high, if you go on an audition as an actor, the and you get a call back and then you get hired. The directors also director and the producers are all saying, you had you nailed the lines, you nailed the scenes, but we also are trusting that. You're not going to be some idiot that uh, pisses off every female PA on the set. Mm -hmm. uh, that you're going to show show up to work on time. Right. That you're not going to complain. Um, that we're shooting into all hours. That that you understand the process, and so we're going to walk through this with you. But we all we got to ride together, you know, yeah. and roll together. And that that's I think where um, I think on both sides of it. I I, I don't think. A lot of actors sometimes remember that, you know, and then a yeah. lot of creatives um, uh, the, behind the scenes don't also respect their performers enough. Um, 
to trust uh, that, you know, I don't have to line read everything and we'll, we'll, we'll read it once and I'm going to trust that they'll deliver. Yeah. And then if, if this actor said actor doesn't deliver, then maybe I'll, I'll walk them through what I'm looking for that they're not giving me. That's right. That's but right. You have, you have to have a, a certain amount of trust across the board. Yeah. Which we do implicitly because I know all these folks. Right. You know, right. like we have such long histories. Right. So that it's not like I'm not bringing in an actor or somebody that I don't know. Right. It's right. people that I'm friends with. Right. And, and we've worked together for years. Right. So there is that inherent trust. Uh, but still, you know, when you're improvising, there is, you know, there. It, it's a um, it's a vulnerable place very, to be. Yeah, it's very, very, you know. Because improv, and I've we we've seen with regards to series, not just uh, improv in a in a club scene, but with improv is there's such there's a fine line between it working mm -hmm. and you just saying these guys are just talking, trying to out funny each other, you know? Right. And, and that's, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, that's that's always because I've seen when. For me, there's it's it's painful <laughs> to watch it done. People trying poorly, too hard, trying yeah. too hard. Yeah. You know, right. I, I using using uh, using say curb your enthusiasm as as when it's done properly. Because I, I don't think Larry David would even. Larry David is not a great actor, mm -hmm. but they surround them everyone enough. Uh, on that show, and the show's not even on anymore, but if you watch repeats of Curb, everyone else uh, is so on point, and he's so good at his character yeah. that you get lost in it. And so you're not saying, oh, that person's just trying to out, out funny. Because sometimes less is more. Yeah. And so, for instance, in, in contrast to that, if you watch, I've said this before, Soul Plane. Mm -hmm. The Soul Plane... You have you have airplane, you have soul plane. Airplane, I would say, worked so well, a because David Zucker and crew uh, wrote just a funny a funny script, but b because they didn't hire a bunch of funny people. They didn't hire a bunch of comics. You know, they hired. Uh, 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 I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Uh, Leslie. Yes. Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Uh, Leslie Nielsen, Peter Graves. These were all serious actors back right. then. Robert, uh, the, the, the the lead guy, right? The plane yeah. the, uh, pilot? He was a pilot. Who has um, a drinking problem? Yeah. Like, these guys were all... You knew you knew Peter Graves from Mission Impossible. Yes. And so he was... So watching him... Uh, Joey, you ever... You ever <laughs> seen, seen a grown, a grown man, man naked? naked? <laughs> <laughs> Joey, you like, you like gladiator movies. <laughs> you yes. know? Though it was... It's... Funny and still is a classic because they took serious people, gave them funny lines, but had them play everything straight, had yeah. them play everything si seriously. Right. And versus Soul Plane, which, and then I have friends in the movie, Kev, you know, to me, Kev did well in Soul Plane versus everybody else because mm -hmm. Kev was the only person that played straight. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to be big, right. you know, he, was, he played everything straight, he was acting. Right. Whereas, there were numerous scenes with different comics. Um, who was in it? Like that we met, like Godfrey, Monique, D.L. Hughley, uh, Method Man, Snoop, uh, uh, Lonnie Love. Like I remember saying, you can see that the director just said, okay, here's the scenario. I think the director was Jesse Terrell. And I think he probably said, all right, um, y'all are, are two security, TSA agents and... He's going to be the fine guy coming through security. Go. And so mm -hmm. now they're both trying to out funny line. Yes. Out f I'm, oh, I'm going to be sexy and, and mm, oh, this is a sexy piece of chocolate. Right. And then it becomes too much, mm -hmm. you know, and so that's watching. And these. sometimes it can become a competition too. Right, yeah. right. We, you know, comics are competitive. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you got to, I heard the, the crew laughed. I got to, I got to now think of something that's even funnier. Mm -hmm. And, I notice when people are trying to, when people are trying to be funny, somewhere along the lines, people equated loud and uh, uh, profane 
with funny. Here, if I if I say something loud and and add a curse, mm-hmm. it's gonna be funny, and it's not. It's yeah. just, it's just a, a blatant, you know, foul. You know, you're you're trying too hard. Yeah, and it's and it's obvious. Mm-hmm. And, and I I watched the couple episodes that I watched of your show. I said, you know what, I like this because they're not. No one's trying to outdo. You know, looking at uh, like say with the with the get and say, say if people uh start, you can say. And the beauty of the show is also I noticed. You can pick it up anywhere. You don't have to start. You don't have to watch them in order. No, no, they all—they're all pretty much standalone. Standalone, yeah. but they are. We shoot at a school. Uh, it's called St. Patrick's Old Cathedral. It's on Prince and Mott Street in in Lower East oh, Side. Oh wow, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. How how did you? Uh, now is it a full on production? Because I oh yeah. I saw this this is what this is what. I, I said, when I saw Lenny's name in the credit, I was like, yo, because I'm a credit head. I like watching credits. I'm always curious to see who's, whose name I might recognize and see again. Like, oh, that guy who's a DP and a uh, 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 real good guy. Lenny Payan, who uh, I worked with him on a film called Goy Band. Uh, with Adam <laughs> Pascal uh, from Rent fame. And um, it's I think it's called Falling, Falling Star now. But... I, when I saw his name, I was like, "Oh shoot, there's Lenny!" Wow. And then I said, "Oh, this is these guys are serious, you know, because he, yeah. I think he's a uh, first or second AD." Yes, on it. I and, think he's uh, first AD. First uh, AD. Okay. Yeah, Matthew Weiss is our director, and I think he knew Lenny uh, from having worked together. So okay. Matthew assembled a, a great crew. Yeah, and, man. And, you know, yeah. we, you know, for everything from the school, which was an actual, uh, it's not a, an operational school now. Okay. But it used to be. Um, so now they kind of just rent it out for shoots or okay. events or what have you. So, but we did a Kickstarter to raise the money. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, we okay. raised fifty thousand dollars. Wow! Congrats, man. Thanks. Yeah, because that, that that was how we did it. You know, right, like we, right, right. We couldn't have done it otherwise. Right. Um. So that was another cool part of the process because yeah. that was a job unto itself. It's because then you then you're a, a fundraiser yeah, essentially. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. A marketer, a fundraiser, right. promoter. So you had to wear a lot of different hats. So uh, it was a, like a real great education for both Hollis mm-hmm. and I. And, and you know, the, the project felt charmed from the beginning because mm-hmm. we, made, we made the goal. Yeah. Um, you know, we got the school. We got everything that we needed. Uh, Alec Baldwin got involved. Did he? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, in the first five episodes... Janine Garofalo, which was amazing that we got Janine. Um, she makes the public address right, announcements right, right. that begin. Beginning of every episode. Yeah. So each each episode begins with one. And uh, she was shooting something in Vancouver mm-hmm. and was unable to do the last five. So I wondered, you know, it's funny because you don't see her. I said to myself, I said, I wonder if she just recorded this on her i on her uh, iPad, you know, garage band, or if she was actually on set. No, she wasn't on set. I met her at a uh, my friend's recording studio okay, in okay. the city. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she was away in Vancouver. She's like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. My schedule's kind of hairy right now. So what happened was Alec Baldwin had tweeted about me like six months ago saying, I'm listening to this comedian, Ted Alexandro, mm-hmm. on Sirius XM, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm cracking up. Mm-hmm. Uh, check him out. He's smart and funny. Yeah. His album, I did it, whatever. So. For no reason, unsolicited. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So oh. I tweeted back like, "I'm a huge fan. Thank you so yeah. much. I really appreciate. It. You know, it made my day. It was right, really right. exciting. Yeah, out of the blue. So he's like, so, Ted, Ted, you're funny. Because <laughs> he, Alec Baldwin, sounds so intense. He's like, Ted, baby, listen, listen. I think you, I think you're the bee's knees. Keep doing what you're doing, man. <laughs> you're a funny dude. Real, real funny dude. <laughs> it was great. It was great. So. You know, then when we needed somebody to do the voiceover, I said to Hollis, I was like, why don't we take a shot mm-hmm. at Alec Baldwin? Oh, you know, wow. He tweeted about me. Hey. I said, we'll go through Judah, Judah Friedlander. All right, 30 Rock. Did 30 Six Rock with him. 30 Rock. You know? Nice. And Judah was in Teacher's Lounge as well. Uh, he played the computer science teacher. Who's obviously a world champion com- computer that's, science teacher. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Judah Friedlander. <laughs> <laughs> so Judah was nice enough to be my uh, liaison to to Alec Baldwin. And within 24 hours, we got an email wow. from his assistant saying, uh, Alec is interested in doing your project. Oh, wow. That's nice. You love you love hearing that, man. You love hearing stories like that. It was man. insane, man. So then, you know, we went and recorded him and uh-huh. uh, he couldn't have been nicer, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, uh, it was really exciting. And that that just elevated the project course, yeah. to another level. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one thing having the best comedians in the business, yeah. 
but then you get like an A-list movie star, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah, you get you get you get the bald when everyone wants. <laughs> <laughs> that's not to take away from look. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that stuff. It's let's be, I mean, you you have numerous Baldwin brothers, <laughs> and you have you have Alec is always in demand, and then you have Steven and uh, Billy. Billy, yeah. So there are a lot of Baldwin. It's it's like. Uh, you know, back in the days, uh, you know, you had you had Sean Cassidy, you had David Cassidy. <laughs> David, right. They both were hot, but girl, everyone, every everyone dug both, but girls love Sean. <laughs> Sean Cassidy, right? You know, yeah. So, um, so what with with and you shot all of them, and how like how how long did it take to did you have them all scripted and then you just shot them all? Well, we shot the first four like two years ago. Okay, wow. Yeah, know that. That was Lewis Black, Judy Gold, mm -hmm. uh, Judah Friedlander. Yeah, because we were we kept like we were wavering the whole time. Mm -hmm. Do we put these out or do we record like the the full season that we that we hope to do? Right. Um. So then that we couldn't do it without the Kickstarter. Okay. That that was the problem. Like you know, so we we kind of kept waiting. Like, do we put these four out? Or do we keep them all together? Right. So luckily, we with the Kickstarter, we got the money, and then we could put them all out together. Okay. Um, so then it, it worked out, you know, so that it was one full season. But those were two years ago. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in a way, the time that elapsed, like the longer ones mm -hmm. are the ones that we did more recently because okay. I think we knew the show better. Mm -hmm. We knew okay. our voice better. Right. Um. So yeah, it was just more of a well-oiled machine, right, right, right. In, in the six recent ones that we did, but they came out as ten, like a full season, you know. And you and you don't watch the the earlier ones. You don't watch the first four versus the uh, episodes uh, five through ten, and and they're seamless. So it's not like yeah, it's not like it looks like oh, this show no. was done recently versus two yeah. years ago. No, I, I agree. I think the only thing that's noticeable is that. The episodes got longer. Okay. Uh, okay. Our, our writing, everything got better. Our writing got right. better. We knew what the show was. Right. Um, we were just more sure-footed in every aspect of creating the show. Okay. So I think that's the only thing that really is noticeable that, you know, the earlier ones are, are shorter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And do you do you have plans on it become like in in the grand scheme of things? Are you are you hoping? For Adult Swim or Comedy Central, or are you are you happy with it existing on uh, online? Uh, well, I, yeah. I mean, I joke and say no. I refuse to take this to TV. It's only it's a web <laughs> it's a web it's a web series. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I will not. I will not hold true to my values. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that was that was our goal. Like, okay. like we we want this to be, to be a television show and to maybe kind of breathe out and be something bigger. Uh, whether that's like an adult swim thing where mm. it's like a 15 minute episode right. or if it's, you know, IFC or FX where it's a 22 minute. I don't, I don't know. Um, you didn't say Comedy Central, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah. But, well, they, but, but, but uh, not surprising. But not surprising. Well, they, they passed on it. Uh, oh, okay. Interesting. Um, a couple times. I mean, I pitched it to Comedy Central maybe seven years ago. Wow, wow. Uh, in its first kind of incarnation. Mm -hmm. And then more recently, um, like a year or two ago, before these came out. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. They, Third time's a charm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how the business is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, it, that could happen. Yeah, it's very likely that, anything that, that could happen. once everyone... Because what happens is everyone sort of digs something and then people, oh, we, you know, we saw it. We heard them mention this seven years ago and we just knew yes, it was yes. going to be some, there was something to that Alejandro. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a business too. Right. So the, you can't that, take it personally. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, maybe they had money committed to this person or that person. They just, they didn't have room in the schedule right. or it wasn't the right thing, whatever it is. Right. So, you know, I, I don't really think too much about those things, but to answer your question, yeah, we, we want to see this go to a bigger platform mm -hmm. okay. or at least have that opportunity mm -hmm. and if it doesn't then we're perfectly happy to keep making them for the web if, okay. we, if we get to make a hundred of these for the web right. I, I'd be thrilled <laughs>